Let me just read a passage from a philosopher in the middle of this century, a person I've been reading quite a bit the last number of years. His name is Thomas Kelly. He was a professor at Haverford College and was a Quaker by tradition, part of the Society of Friends, and uh, wrote a number of essays and gave a number of sermons during the last three years of his life, right after he had gone for his second PhD at Harvard and uh, had a, a very humiliating experience. He went for his oral uh, examination after he'd worked many years. He'd been a professor for a long time and he was getting his second PhD and he went into his orals and something happened to him and he just couldn't think of anything in his oral examinations. And he flunked him. And he went into deep depression, as you can imagine. And in the middle of that depression, after a life in academia, a life of research and a life of writing and, and trying to get the second PhD, he went into this, slid into this deep depression. And in the midst of it, we don't know exactly what happened, but somehow the grace of God gripped his life. He'd been a believer all of his adult life and had a deep faith so it wasn't like this was a brand new experience but there was a depth to it and uh, as he said a thickness to it that was indescribable and over the next three years he spoke and wrote and his uh, writings have become really a, a modern classic. I want to read just a short passage from those we sang on Christ the solid rock I stand and I believe fellowship in Christ is exactly that. It's fellowship in Christ that is founded on that rock. The world, by its chaos, shows that we humans have been building our houses upon the sand. Where and what is the rock? And am I built upon it? We must go down to the bottom and find the rock. This was a sermon he was giving. He says, let us try tonight with terrible earnestness to face the depth and glimpse some of the heights of religion in ourselves as individuals. Because the meek and mild mediocrity of most of us stands in sharp contrast to the volcanic, upheaving, shaggy power of the prophets whose descendants we are meant to be. And our paled out love for one another and for all men is a feeble shadow of that blinding, wooing, winning, overcoming love of Jesus of Nazareth, whose name we have dared to take upon our lips. And our immersion in the world's suffering is like tickling our toes in the ocean of sorrow and need in comparison with that Calvary life of Jesus, which plunges into the whole flood, or in comparison with that spirit that draws the spears of the world into its bosom. Let us hasten, therefore, unto God. Fellowship first finds its root in fellowship with God, a unity with God, and then in a unity with one another. And I believe that we have to practice it. I think it takes work. I don't think it's something that just descends upon us all of a sudden. And that's why we designed this small group experience. 
We didn't expect it to usher in complete unity in Christ and uh, a revival that would shake the entire world. But we did hope and dream and pray that some of you would find yourselves on the rock and in one another's presence and that you would share from your life from that uh, perspective. And so that was the goal. For those of you who weren't a part of it, there were really just one question that every member of the small group was supposed to answer, and that was to share some defining moments, two defining moments that were a challenge and two that were an encouragement, something along those lines. And so it was simply a matter of people sharing if you did it, and it took some courage, I know, and maybe some of you, you know, maybe you just weren't able to, to share defining moments in your life. Because many people would say, as we come face to face with one another in Christ, unless we know our histories, unless we know some of what goes on, it's hard to know how to love one another very well. We can talk about a feeling of love and all this sort of thing, but true love means that we know one another, we get to know one another, and we learn to serve one another in that love. So that was the goal. And uh, we had 200 small groups. I was astounded at, uh, at your response to this very simple idea. WCSA did all the hard work. They did all the legwork and organizing and did a great job. And I was astounded. 200 small groups. 1,000 of you were meeting in small groups, or at least uh, you were supposed to be. So I'd like to hear from you and have others hear from you. We do have mics here. You can use them. We might, I, I put us in the round like this because it gets us a little closer together. So if you want to just stand and try and speak loudly, that would be fine as well. And my suggestion would be that you share what happened to you, what went on. It, you know, you can share the positive. You can share the struggles. You can share at whatever depth level you want. And uh, I'll be comfortable with a bit of silence there. So it's up to you. What went on? What would you like to share? You can just stand wherever you are and, or raise your hand. Holler so I see you. You know me, I'm comfortable with silence, so we can just sit here for 30 minutes. Okay? Hallelujah. Whew. I was even getting nervous. Well, I just want to say that the small group meeting was a really great form of chapel. It was super to get to know people that you see on campus but you don't really get a chance to talk to. Mm. Um, I met with a few other transfers and I'm a transfer myself. Tell us your name please. My name is James Quackenbush. Okay James, thanks. Uh, we, we met together in front of the mission on the lawn great. in the middle of the Rose Garden. Mm. and. There was a few concerns expressed by some of the other transfers in our group. Uh, coming from home or another location here onto Westmont campus and um, coming away from relationships that had real depth, family ties and really long-term friendship ties to a place where you say, hi, how are you doing? Uh, fine, how are you? And that's the depth of the relationship with most of the other people on campus here. And we, we all shared this feeling of not really getting any deeper into a relationship 
with other people on campus. And one of the people that was in my group, she's a freshman last year and she's a sophomore this year. And she gave a suggestion because last year she went into her studies and not her relationships and she didn't enjoy her time at Westmont here. Uh, but she said this year she really loves Westmont and she loves her time here. And it's because she took the time to uh, find the people that she uh, respects or wants to um, develop a friendship with and she actually made an appointment or uh, set time aside to meet with those people. And because uh, she did that, it's transformed her experience here at Westmont into uh, a, really, a really great place to be and a really great place to live. And I think that's, that's uh, a great thing. Uh, that's what I learned in small group. Great. That uh, we have to, even though we're overwhelmed with studies here, uh, that it's it, there's so many great people here, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a shame not to take the time out to spend uh, developing those deeper relationships. Thanks, James. Thanks. That's a great insight. And like I said, you don't have to go. What the person in his small group came up with is excellent. She basically decided to be intentional. That's the way it is with our studies. If we're going to do well in a class, we become intentional about the way we study. It's also true in relationships. We become intentional, we spend time, we set it aside. That's a great, a great idea. One other in way of being intentional is to learn to ask more meaningful questions than just the chit chat of, hi, how are you, how are classes, how are things going? And to say, what are you learning? You know, to say, what's your favorite class? Let's say it's a sociology class. Tell me what you're learning. You know, we're a learning community here. But I hear off very seldom questions student to student and sharing what you're learning in your classes, sharing what you're learning in your spiritual development. What are you learning lately about Christ? That'd be a great question. You would be plunged into uh, a non-superficial conversation immediately, even if the person was learning nothing about Christ because he or she might say, I'm honestly not learning anything. And then you'd have that to talk about. So I think we need to be intentional. That's a great point. Who else would like to share? Tell us your name, please. Uh, my name is Christy Hicks. And um, I really didn't know we were sharing today. I didn't have any intentions of sharing. But um, in case I don't get to the point, I'll say it now. If you do get a chance, find yourself an opportunity to go deep with anyone that God places you um, around, take the chance because um, you just never know I don't know what he has planned. And uh, a little background explanation. Uh, my, I signed up for a small group, and it turned out that someone else signed me up for another small group and to lead the small group. And so 
by the time I found out, I was with six different people that I hadn't planned on being with and I was supposed to lead it. And um, by the time we finally made time to meet, I was going through some really hard stuff and I was not in the mood to meet. <clears throat> and as a facilitator, it's kind of as deep as you go, that's how everyone else is going to feel comfortable um, with talking about. And so um, I'd heard about other groups, you know, some groups, I guess, slept their time. but. Um, and I heard other positive things about groups really going deep, and that's what I wanted, but at, it was at the weakest point, and I just knew I didn't want to share. And um, God really broke my heart down, and uh, it just started out in lots of tears. And, yeah. But it was amazing that he brought my struggles and the group struggles together, and um, out of, oh, let's see, there's three, out of four. What, four girls out of um, four of the women in my group, three of us were struggling with the same exact issue. Um, and also some of the guys with just the whole idea of self-guilt and the way God opened up the whole conversation um, for us to talk about that and to realize that through God, um, he's, he's paid for that. And um, just the verse 2 Corinthians 10, or 12, 9 and 10 about um, boasting about our weaknesses. And I started off with that verse because I just... It was like God was asking me to lay it all out. And, and these were people that were my friends, but I still didn't know them on a deeper level. And we had a chance to do that. <clears throat> and it was incredible. And so I guess the main thing I want to say is that when you get a chance to go deep, even if it's an opportunity that you're not looking forward to, or you just find yourself there and you're wondering why you're in that situation, take the opportunity because God, he's going he's gonna to bless you and um, more than likely uh, just deepen the relationships that you you know, didn't expect. So, that's all. Great. Thank you. Thank you. What was your first name again, please? Your first name again? Christy. What Christy shared, uh, I think, illustrates one other point I want to highlight. And that is that vulnerability is the pathway to a deeper relationship. Now, there are appropriate forums to be vulnerable. That doesn't mean we wear our emotions on our sleeve. But there comes a point in a relationship when you have to decide, am I going to share something that makes me feel a little uncomfortable? And who will I share that with? And when you do and you're met with grace, which you may not always be met with, that's the risk involved. But when you are, there's a bond there, isn't there? That interestingly enough can, can bring you as close to somebody in one minute as five years of history. I used to think it took lots of history to go deep with people. And what I'm finding in my life, and, and I think it's true to the scriptures as well, is that if we spend the time in our history, meaning getting to know one another over a period of time, and you become close to a few, it enables you to become close to others more quickly later on in Christ. So it's a great, great point, Christy. Thank you. Over here. My name's Wendy, and I just had a question. We prayed for Danny in our group with muscular dystrophy, and I was wondering how that whole situation was coming. Mm. I haven't gotten an update on, on their decision. Thank you for doing that. For those of you who weren't in this small group deal, we, I asked all of you uh, just to make a covenant of prayer uh, for Danny Nanya, who is Wansi Nanya's younger brother, who is, uh, has a very serious case of muscular dystrophy, which uh, is fatal a fatal disease, and uh, they're facing a decision to, uh, about surgery for him. And I have not heard what their decision has been, but I will keep you posted. And I did share with the, his parents uh, through Wansi that uh, all of you were praying for 
for Danny and for his parents and uh, Wansi in making the decision. It, it really is, in a sense, a, a, a life and death decision. So uh, they really appreciate your support. It's a way that we can show deep fellowship with a family most of you, of you have not even met yet. But in the spirit of Christ, you're caring for Danny. And uh, someday I hope you get to meet him. He's, he's got to be one of the sweetest spirited persons I've ever been privileged to spend some time with. Thanks for asking. I'm sorry I don't have an update for you, though. Others? Hi, my name is Sally Cosgrove, and I'm a junior here at Westmont. And um, what some of about four other girls and I decided to do was um, we have lived, most of us have lived together since freshman year. And um, this year, unfortunately, we kind of got split up in, in our living arrangements. And we're not around each other as much as we used to be. And so we decided to all meet together in the small group so we could kind of catch up on how we're doing. And it was really great. We met at a breakfast shop downtown. And um, a couple of us broke down, <laughs> I being one of them, and I think we scared the waiter off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was really great to be able to um, catch up with some of my dear friends that I love very much and to know what they're going through and to know what um, Christ has been doing in their life this semester. And I um, have been going through some really hard things. Um, Christ has been really working on me a lot lately. And um, I was so thankful that my friends can see that and are gracious enough to pray for me. And I've really felt um, within the last week, within the last few days, um, their prayers and my prayers being answered in what I'm struggling with. And um, just to reiterate uh, what Christy and James said is that we are fortunate to go to a school where we can, we can choose to be real with people or we can choose not to and it's a great choice to be real with people and to be uncomfortable with them and to show vulnerability with them and um, let them pray for you um, and pray for pray for them and um, we have a chance to really learn how to trust people um, here and so I just encourage you to to work on praying um, to feel safe with people here and to get to know people um, and encourage one another. So, Thank you. thanks. Thank you. You know, it's interesting. Jesus said the mark of being his disciple was how we loved each other. I mean, he didn't say it's one of the marks. He said, this is how people will know. So if they come to this campus and what they sense is just shallow conversation and niceness, uh, then they'll know we're not really his students. That's what disciple means, student. He said, the mark of a student of mine, somebody who's been in my school, is that you'll notice that they really love 
the people around them at a deep level, their fellow students in the school of Christ. Thomas Merton said, if we're going to love, then let us decide to learn how to love really well. If we're going to love, then let us decide to learn how to love really well. Anyone else want to share? Right back there, if you want to. Somebody time him. Ah, 2.3 seconds. Good job. Um, hi, um, my name is James Lee. I'm a sophomore here. And um, basically in my small group, um, I was with a bunch of good friends that uh, I went to Page with. We were living in Page with last year and together. And we were pretty good friends, but like we never really talked seriously with each other. And when we started doing it, it was kind of weird. We were just like, because we always joked around with each other and worked out and stuff. And it was just strange. But like when we started talking, I mean, I got to see different sides and different stories of my friends that I thought I knew, and then I got to know them a little bit more. I can see past just who they are and, and, and what they experienced and like before Westmont and everything. And um, basically, um, we talked about many things, about um, negative things that affected us and our experience at Westmont, but one thing that we talked about and agreed on was whether it was easier to live at home or at Westmont. And basically, we, uh, after talking for a while, we pretty much concluded that um, living at Westmont was a lot harder um, to live out your faith here than living at home, because at home you have, most people are pretty um, deeply entrenched in their church back home, the high school group um, that they went to, or their family, or like good friends in school that like they grew up with, and basically here, I mean, you're not really good friends with a whole bunch of people, more, you have more of acquaintances, but, and here you have to actually live your faith out with just you and God, not with you and God through your parents, or through your youth group, or through your your um, close circle of friends, and um, basically um, that's what made it harder for us. And, and a freshman year, um, our first year in college, was a good transitional period, trying to like um, live out our faith just with me and God, you know. And that's what we talked about mostly, and um, it was really positive. And and uh, it was kind of weird trying to be serious with each other because we we're always joking with each other. And every once in a while, we catch each other joking. Every once in a while, getting off the serious note. But uh, we decided like every week we're gonna like you know keep. Uh, 30 minutes aside for us just take a break from school and, and talk and stuff and you know you just let out some steam and be a little bit more serious with each other make our like friendship that we have with each other a little bit more deeper you know so fabulous thank you yeah. <clears throat> and in a real sense I would say that's not taking a break from school that's maybe doing school very well because part of being at Westmont is that we, we learn in the classroom. We're, we're supposed to be learners in the, in the residence halls, learners in the D.C., if you can imagine that. We're supposed to be a learning community, so I wouldn't see that as taking a break from school at all. Great thought. Isn't it, it is hard to go from joking around to serious, isn't it? it, it there's a, there's a, a barrier there that is, is often hard to get past. But once you do, then the two can intermingle, and they can even help one another. But somebody's got to have the guts to go past, get past just joking around together. Anybody else have feeling like they want to share? Here we go. Hi, my name is Luke Sanukin, and I met a song group last year, and we're continuing it this year with a couple other guys. And one thing, I'm a senior this year, so I've been reflecting on what's my Westmont experience. And when I look back, when I leave Westmont, I mean, I've learned a lot of stuff about in the classroom, but what I'm going to take from Westmont is my friends from a small group. 
that we've grown so close through sharing our whole life story together. And, that's, and we've made the commitment to be friends for life in Christ. And so you might have gotten a glimpse of that with your, I guess, if, if you met for the first time in a small group. But I encourage you to keep doing that. And then also just seniors who maybe don't find that they've had really close friends at Westmont to get involved in a group because that's what you're going to carry with you when you leave. And that's what we need because, I mean, everyone's kind of nervous about what they're going to do when they graduate and what are they going to have. But I know that I'm going to have friends who are going to help me in Christ. So, again, I just really encourage everyone to get involved with that and make the commitment and go deep with each other. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else burning to share? Oh, there we go. Hi, I'm Lisa, and I'm a senior this year. And um, I've been hearing a lot of life stories lately because not only did we share them in our small group, but we've shared them with our RA staff. And um, so I got to hear a lot of people's stories. And um, thinking about them, I guess there's a lot of people's stories that I heard that were really hard stories. And... um, a lot of things that happened in their life and it was really incredible for me to see how Christ came through and the joy of Christ came through all the difficult and and horrible situations that I can't even imagine in my life I mean um, I look back at my life and it's been pretty easy I mean especially compared to all the things that I've heard other people talking about in their life and their families crumbling and my parents are still together and my family's all Christian and um, God's been really challenging me just to reinterpret my life, to look back and um, think about the things that I can be thankful for, not, not look at the negative things and the things that have been hard in my life, but to see those things and to see how God's worked through those and to look back and, and look for the threads of, of God working through my life instead of just looking at the bad things and, and to see the joy in that. And um, it's just been, it's been incredible to, to think about that I, I think about the Old Testament and how the people of Israel look back to different points in their life, like the Exodus event, and how, see how God's been faithful. And I feel like God's really teaching me that I need to be thankful about my life and the blessings that he's given me, and um, just to look back and see his faithfulness mm. Mm. through the years. Mm. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks. Uh, let me ask you to do something. I'm, I have to make a decision. I kept some spots open in second semester um, in case this experiment worked well. I've asked all of your group facilitators to turn in evaluation sheets, which we'll be going over very carefully. Uh, but I'd also like to just know from each of you a very simple thing. I want you to just on the back of your chapel card just write yes or no. Make it very simple. Uh, yes, you'd like to have this same sort of three-time experience in the spring semester. Or no, you think it'd be better just do it once a year. Uh, and if you feel strongly that you don't think we should do it again, <laughs> put that on there too. If you say, Dude, this is just an awful experience. Uh, so yes means yes for spring semester. No means no, let's, let's just do this once a year. We won't do it in spring semester. And uh, that'll help guide me in my decision along with what your facilitators have told me. 
I sort of getting rustling here. We have one more shearer, so try to quiet down. We'll finish off with one one last sharing. Two two last sharings, okay? Hey Bart. Hi everyone. My name is Kume and I'm a senior and I had the opportunity of being a facilitator for my small group. And at first I was just, you know, excited to meet these people who I kind of knew but not really in depth as we were talking about. And I've had conversations with them passing but not really, again, in depth. But what was interesting to me was that the people in my group who were Christians, we went into our life story and then we, we always asked, is there any questions like, are there any other things that you know we would like to ask of each other to, to know more? But when one of the people in my group who boldly admitted that he wasn't a Christian but was searching and is in the process of searching, it was interesting to me that so much discussion went on, not that we were trying to give him answers, but that in his questioning, it kind of, it made us look inward, or it made me look inward anyway, I'll speak for myself, it made me look inward to say, to ask God, you know, because he was struggling with why did it, did um, his cousin have to be paralyzed in an accident, and he was such a good person, and why would God do that if God is such a good God, if God is such a just God, and why did he allow evil to happen? And those and that question is always, I don't know if, it's, if you thought about it, I'm sure you have it one time or another, but it just made me think, like, why, does, why did it happen? I mean, this is a person who, who wants to sincerely seek God, but everything else around him, everything else that he's seen is, is just making him question, you know? And I think about how I interact with him and just if I have God in me, or if I have Christ in me, why is it that my actions or the words that I say is not enough or is not as overwhelming or does not convince them enough to say, you know, okay, well, I see that he's doing good things in your life, but, you know, this is what, this is what I have. And I don't know. It just made me question more. It so questions, doesn't it? it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I expected from the small group. It was a great experience, and definitely, yeah, we should have it. But I left it more with questioning than I had resolutions, and I guess that's good in a way. <laughs> Doesn't feel good, does it? No. But I think it is good. No, it just makes me realize you just don't know as much. And even though I could sense that from the time that I was a freshman to my time now as a senior, how much more I know of God, I mean, it's amazing. Even those required RS classes that you don't want to go to, I mean, take them and just dive into it, you know? Mm. But I don't know, what do you think? <laughs> well, just one thought. I, I think that, that going deeper in fellowship in Christ raises lots more questions than it gives answers. So I think you're on the right track. The question is, do we persevere in our friendships so that we meet one another in those tragic moments, in the pain, and in the joy as well? And uh, our... We didn't have any illusions, or at least I, I certainly didn't, about would, would these three meetings resolve deep, deep questions in your lives? That wasn't my point. My point was that for some of you, it would give you an opportunity to begin relating with others at a deep level so that when you have those deep questions in life, you'd at least have a frame of reference to share it with and to explore it together. And there are situations where 
we just don't frankly know the answers. And so then we just have to be there in the mystery of it all with one another and care for each other in the midst. So uh, I think it's great that you came out with more questions. You know, that's a, Again, we're a learning community here. We have one minute, so it's going to be a short sharing. Sure, he says, no problem. Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, <laughs> this, this whole small group thing sounds like a great idea. I can't wait to sign up. And uh, if you need any help, I'll be available. So uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, you know. <laughs> okay, let me close off here. If we can gather after that profound insight... I want to read a short quote from Thomas Kelly. I started with a quote from him. And this one is specifically about fellowship. Again, when I read, you have to make a choice whether you're just going to kind of let the words bounce off and float around the room or if you're going to engage with them. So just, this is short. Just uh, make a decision if you want to, if you're going to engage in this. There is a fellowship among those who have been baptized deep under the rolling waters of God's love. A fellowship too rich and precious to be described adequately, whose content is richer and thicker than our overworked word fellowship. Among the early apostles there was this partnership, no, this, this condition of being knit together. And this being knit together wasn't due to their common outer experiences. It was due to their common inner experience of God. They knew and loved one another because they all knew that they had found the same life center. They had all gone deep into God or God had gone deep down into them. In companionship with Jesus... They had found his life center, and that center was in God. My sense, Bart Tarman speaking now, is that that is where true partnership in Christ comes, from finding ourselves on the rock of God himself, on the rock of Christ's love, on the rock of the guidance and the comfort and the nurture of the Holy Spirit. And so whether you found it and began to sense a little hint of it in this small group experience or not, I hope you'll decide to be a person of community, a person who goes down to the rock of Jesus Christ and his love, but who goes down there and finds others to live out life with. Let's close. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to try to learn to love one another as Christ asks us to do. And we pray that regardless of this small group experience, whether it was positive or neutral or negative, we pray that we might become people who go deep into Christ ourselves and who find there are others who are trying to deepen their lives in Christ. And that as fellow learners, we learn together how better to love and how to love really well. In Jesus' name, amen.